This episode of the King Metzger Podcast is made possible by the Mazda Miata. Almost all the fun of a new Lotus, but with only the price of your dignity. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of um, the King Metzger Podcast. We had a pretty active session last uh, week where we had five people rambling about new cars are bad, new cars suck, new cars are good, actually. Um, not that we are the gods of driving, but we, you know, we have opinions, and and that's why we like to we like to chat about it. We also had our sponsors. Uh, you just heard one um, right before me starting to talk now, and uh, we thank these sponsors that so generously pay us so much money to be part of this uh, podcast. Which um, you know, it's the second most listened podcast in Norway. So that is very automotive podcast in Norway. So I don't know how many automotive podcasts are in Norway. I don't want to know, but I am happy to know that we are we are the second um the second one. So in this episode, I have a very special guest that I cannot tell his name. <laughs> um but uh I have been knowing him without knowing him for many years because we kind of crossed paths 20 years ago uh, in uh, in Italy. And uh, we crossed paths again a couple of years ago here in the U.S. Um, but this this mysterious guest uh, that we will call, I don't know, actually, what how should we call you? Mysterious guest? Do you have a name? Preferred name you came up with the idea of the mysterious guest. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like you're going to... Put um, me like the the stick, but in reverse. With instead of being the, loved, being hated, with my robot. The, it's true. Uh, we we could we <laughs> you, could try you with could the stick uh, backwards. I don't the know how the, that the stick backwards. Uh, the stick <laughs> reverse or the stick go. Anyways, uh, welcome to the uh, the King Matsker podcast. Uh, thank you for for taking some time. Sometime I um, I know you listen to our previous podcast, when we talk about, uh, as I said, the new cars, um, it was mainly focused around Toyotas, honestly, because I think from a driver's perspective, we, we felt that Toyota has, is a good, is a good brand, uh, and is coming up with models that are fun to drive. Um, what do you think about, and since we don't have Zaid, who's the owner of the Corolla GR, who's always talking about the Corolla GR is best, 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 whatever. Do you have an opinion since you've driven race cars, street cars, supercars, hypercars, do you have an opinion on the Corolla GR? Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me, Andrea. Great, great to be here. Thanks to the sponsors, obviously. Uh, and <laughs> glad we're not speaking Norwegian, I guess. Um, but, we can uh, try. We can try. We need a couple of beers and then we can try. Right, right. Um, and I, I, I certainly listened to, to, to the other podcasts and they were very interesting, very entertaining. Um, certainly recommended. Um, I feel like I know just 10% of what you guys were discussing there. Uh, as you know, I'm a little bit more into, into modern cars. So, um, I don't have, I, honestly, I never drove, drove a Corolla. So very hard for me to express any opinion. Um, so but, you're saying that the Corolla is really bad, right? That's exactly uh, what you're saying. That it's not worth to be test driven, and it is <laughs> shit. Okay, I, I, I would love. I would we agree. <laughs> I would. I would love to test drive it and give you my opinion, but I haven't. Uh, yeah. So 
um well let, let's you... sorry sorry uh, let's let's say something also about you because i think you come in and have a baggage of experience but on the a hundred thousand dollars and above cars right for what you do daily uh, almost right you're dealing with yeah in, ter in terms of supercars uh yes um but well 100 and above true uh, mainly but you know uh cayman um supra the new Supra. okay you like um, the supra did you like this do you like the i love the supra i i love it and it's actually it's a, a great topic of discussion because a lot of people compare it to the to the z4 and i mean what a mistake in my opinion really you think they're they're much different They're really different, and uh, it, it, it has a lot to do, well, first of all, with the chassis. You're comparing a, a coupe versus a, a Z4 convertible, right? Um, right, right. So, so the torsion, the rigidity. I mean, it, it's incredible. If uh, I, I believe you, I don't know if you have it, or but, uh, but it, a 360 uh, Modena, right? Yes. And... Um, I had the chance both to ride 360, but also the 430 even more, the Coupe versus the, the Spider. And while, of course, the Spider has uh, its own place, if you compare the two cars, there's not, they're so different. I mean, the Spider is heavier, has an unbelievable traction just because it flexes so much. But other than that, wow. it's, uh, they're really night and day. So to, and that's, that's technically the same car, right? Same powertrain and, and everything else. But certainly, um, you, you cannot compare a, a Supra with, uh, uh, with a Toyota. I believe uh, the R8 is more similar to a Huracan than, than the Toyota is to, to the BMW. Interesting. Okay. Because I, they, people, on the interwebs are quick to dismiss a car as in, ah, it's a BMW, right? But I, I've been in a Supra. I haven't been in a BMW and man, I, I, I love the thing. I think the styling is great. I think it's fun to drive. Um, I think it's tail happy if you want it. I think you go really fast with the Supra without really knowing it or without putting too much effort. It's just a, a great car. And yeah, no, I agree. The, the car is phenomenal. I love the setup, especially the second version that came out. And, and you, uh, I'm not a, a, a data guy, so I just know that they increased the power a little bit. I had the chance to, to drive the first one. Actually, I was involved with a, a little bit of presenting it and, nice. and then drove a lot the, the, the second one, which had just that extra power that the car really needed to have fun. But yeah, like you said, when you say, um, tail happy, uh, I prefer to say it's a car that, that it's not an understeering car. So it's not built mm -hmm. to it for an extreme, um, you know, concern about the behavior on, on streets. I want to talk about safety car, obviously is safe as all the electronic, but that you can, um, play with. Would uh, you, would you, would you take a Supra or a Mustang GT? A uh, Supra. Like no question asked. Because no question, yeah, right? Is rear wheel drive? They can be had manual. Um, you know, I think the Mustang is a bit cheaper. One is naturally aspirated. One is turbo. But uh, um, and the Mustang is another car I'm quite familiar with. But uh, um, but it's shit. No, I mean no. no. I, I, I know <laughs> that you you describe me as the the, the the supercar slayer or what 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 you said. But hey. Uh, 
again, Mustang is interesting, but I think the Toyota took uh, a lot of good things out of BMW. What I love about BMWs in particular is the response uh, of, I mean, the way the, the, the differential works. They're extremely controllable cars. And that's an, another thing that not a lot of people talk about you, in one of your uh, podcasts, which I, I thought was very interesting. I recommend going back and, and, and listening to it. Uh, a lot of great points there. It was about the reviews. Uh, we all yeah. get excited about a product. We can we cannot put our hands on a product. And next thing we do is we spend time on YouTube or maybe through the yeah. internet and, and reading and watching. And, and I hear so many people that are not entitled that express opinion, which is fine. It's part of... Well, I mean, they give you give access, right? They they all I, look at me. I'm I'm having a podcast, and uh, I'm I'm in Mister No One, right? So everybody's entitled to their opinions. But I agree with you. It's just yeah, uh, you like that. You can give opinion, but you're also supposed to to know what uh, how uh, I don't have the word in English, but uh, the how authoritarian or uh, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. was uh, they they can. Um, I, I wish I'd know how to say that in Norwegian, but <laughs> let me look it up now. Uh, how do you say authoritarian in Norwegian? But uh, autorevole in, autorevole. in um, but, but yeah, that, that's the thing. I mean, driving a car, really experiencing it. And, and that's the beauty of the super, you know, a lot, the end of the day, the setup plays such a major role and people that, that raced know that very well. Um, you, you raced, know, so you know. Do you, I, are you the type of guy, let me ask you, are you the type of guy that as soon as I have a friend, uh, Simone De Luca in, in Italy, he, um, he used to race in the Clio Cup, which is basically a spec Miata, but with the traction on the wrong side, uh, Renault Clio Cup. And, uh, he would tell me like the, as soon as you get a car, you gotta do the, uh, the alignment. Like as the first thing that you do, on a car and he was a race car driver. So you used to race. I'm asking you when you guys get a car, do you right away is like, okay, add camber, uh, you know, open up the rear a little bit or, or put it to zero. Uh, do you do that right away or. You mean for, to use them on the track? Just to, yeah, just to use them because, because everybody says that the, the new cars, when they come out, they're all dialing to understeer because it's safer, because the chassis takes better an impact from the front than on the side or the rear. So I don't know. I'm wondering if you if that's what you do as well. I don't know about the impacts. <laughs> Last thing you said, I certainly know that on the street, you want a car that's uh, geared towards safety and not towards right. fun. And as a driver, understeer is boring because as a driver, you only wait, right? The car is understeer and, and, and you wait until you regain the grip and you go back to driving. Whereas oversteer challenges you, you have to control and, and to react. So certainly a car that's, uh, at the, at the end of the day, and this is a, a big conversation. We could speak a lot about it, but cars are, um, compromises. And that's the whole point. I mean, we, we drive cars that are compromised because yes, do you want an SUV? Do you want comfort? Do you want the performance? And you cannot have it all. And uh, you, you talked about M3, right? And I'm saying a lot of things here, but for example, you take the Supra, it's a, it's an individually built vehicle. It's not a compromised vehicle, but an M3 for now, but I, I say M3 because it reminds me of the old M3. It's, it's, or the Civic Type R or the yeah. back, back in the days when, when we were young, the VTI, you remember that one? Oof. 
the EG6 uh, or EK4 VTI. Uh, exactly. I mean, what the, it was four seats in the rear instead of five because they had they changed the, the chassis. So sometimes deeply modified cars, but they always come from a car that was built. Uh, to, to be used a street, to go, a street to, version like for yeah, you know, cheap uh, utility car as good yeah. as it can be whereas the supra or you mentioned the s2000 in another uh, yeah episode those cars were built uh, with less compromise because it was designed just for that car and that's when you go into supercar t- territory that's a big distinction that we need to make between again sports version of a utility vehicle and by utility vehicle i'm i'm I, like I said, it can be a yeah, yeah. series. It can be a it can be an AMG version right. of an S class, right? Wish. Right. Or a sports car. That's a car built. Well, the definition back then was for sport, but really for the also to give the pleasure of driving. And that's a model that's built. Okay, less compromise. How how much? Well, you go to the new GT3 RS. Doesn't have a a trunk. It doesn't have a trunk. Doesn't have yeah. anything. Or it. Not as bad, but still designed to have two small seats in the rear that sometimes don't don't work. Uh, you asked me the question. That's I'm, I'm very good at answering question. I realized <laughs> you asked me about setup. Again, the, it's a compromise. So <clears throat> certainly, when you drive um, on a on a track, or if you want a car that's more responsive, you can play a lot with it. Uh, more some cars allow more settings, uh, yeah. also in terms of ride height. Which determines a lot of the weight distribution, of course. Right. But just just by playing with tow a little bit, yes, you can have a a, a, a big different difference. behavior, like a, a totally different behavior on the car. Because I also think when you get a new car, you don't know how they strapped in to move it, right? And sometimes they they uh, use the the straps on the wheels and they pull it one way or the other. And I have people that just get their cars and I know them and they just go to the track right away. And they're like, man, the car, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to understeer as much. And sometimes um, we need to talk also about this topic and and then we go to the cars doing an alignment, doing like something, okay, you want it to be more tail happy and more fun to drive where, well, do an alignment more aggressive but then, and you realize that the car in the daily conditions of when it rains, my friend, when it rains and you got camber and you need to brake all of a sudden, you better be ready because that thing is not going to be as stable as coming out from the factory. And then we talked about the skills, right? Look, I am not a, the best driver ever. I mean, but I invest in I know it and I invest in my education about becoming a good driver, right? Uh, we talked about it. Uh, it seems that people judge cars, but they don't do the minimum investment in themselves to be better drivers, to get to know the car, to feel the car. I mean, you probably see bad drivers daily. <laughs> and you have, you're probably full of opinion uh, around people driving. Thank God I never had to drive next to you. Uh, I did, uh, let me tell you, I got the scariest, uh, scariest, most under pressure experience uh, with Chelsea Denofa. Um, he had a new, brand new Mustang GT and he took me around Malibu Canyons. Uh, he took me, I took him. So here you have a drifter <laughs> who is uh, one hell of a driver next to me and he's probably saying like, how do you hold the, 
the gearbox? How do you hold the steering wheel? Why do you brake here? You brake so. Um, this is to say, anyways, I think new cars are amazing for what they do, and they're so capable. And we are super picky about them. And I don't know. We just yeah, yeah. You talked about uh, once again. We talk about compromise, the the, the alignments, the setup that it's in a car that need to work uh, uh, for for daily usage. You mentioned rain. Think about it. We drive on tires that are built as a compromise for those what one percent of the time that we're going to be driving in the rain depending on where you live and we have threads because of that so 99 mm-hmm. percent of the times we use something that's designed for something different unlike when you go so when you talk about driving on a racetrack it's something completely different and uh, um you know going back to ferrari for a minute um the new 296 is an incredible car um but like every ferrari perhaps you if you if you use it on the track um, you feel that maybe it's the not, front tires might be right, a little not, wider. That's all it needs. Yeah, yeah. And not, I think it's, I mean, alignments, I think, but really it's the, the, and again, moving from one topic to the other, tires, that's the last, I, I, there's two things that I don't hear people talking about when they talk about cars and uh, that are very important. One, one is tires, pretty boring, round, black. They look all the same. And I see reviews, even, I mean, I was watching a review the other day of something else, off-road cars. Let's see uh-huh. which one climbs back. And they don't tell me which tires they have, which is the, the, the most important thing. But people so, don't care about it. People don't They're not care. sexy, right? They, 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 they just like something that is, um, you know, that, that catches your attention and that makes a statement. Uh, and hopefully the YouTuber doesn't get too much in trouble with the OEM so that when the new car comes out, they get another car to review. I, no, no, I, I, I get the reasons why, but I want to point out that that's a major thing that people don't focus on. Like, let's take uh, a 2024 tire for a sports car. Uh, the last, I, I mean, doesn't, there's no uh-huh. point making names and put it on a car that's 20 years old and, and swap them. Actually, take the tires of, a, of an M3 from whatever, 95, that have probably 15-inch, um, you know, when it tires and wheels, obviously, and, and, and swap those. I'd rather be in the older car with the new tires than, than, than in the latest car with tires that with the technology of 20 years ago and sizes. So but anyway, it's something that's worth pointing out, in my opinion, when, yeah. when judging a car. The other things are brakes. Why nobody talks about brakes? And the, the only reason why is that they don't use them. Because on the street, you, yes, if you accelerate, <laughs> yeah, let's give power. Let's do a quick turn thinking that you are at the limit. And you, of course, you're not. Or maybe you're way above the limit. Um, and, but nobody breaks on the streets. Yeah. Obviously not. Or, you don't, or, you don't go to the, to really the next turn. Really push the system. No, it's true. Yeah. And I'm on but, the opposite but, end. I'm on the I, opposite end because with my 996 GT3, which is set up for the track, uh, when I'm driving around the street, man, I feel like an idiot. Because the car is super stiff, it, it turns in, it needs the tires to be warm as a system to work, right? Of course. Uh, even the oil of the suspension. I can tell when the the, 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 the shocks are starting to warm, warm up, up, right? Yeah. And maybe I'm the only one that feels it. But again, I feel like I need you when I drive around the street because that car is set up for, for the track. Now, uh, we were talking about Hypercars, not hypercars, but supercars. You talked about Ferrari, the 296, which 
I personally think it's it's striking beautiful. Uh, I I really I really love it. Um, I'm interested to think what do you think about new Ferraris, considering that you don't drive them most of the time on the to the concourse event or on the rodeo drive, right? But you actually take them to the track. Um, and for the recent Ferraris, I'm talking about 488 and up, right? Do you have a favorite Ferrari? Do you have one that is just a dog? I mean, uh, I love the 296. Um, like, like, you know, I'm not a romantic, nostalgic uh, uh, into vintage cars. Yep. Despite you like you like new cars. You you're one of the few that whenever I tell you, oh, I found this Viper uh, from 1997, <laughs> you look at me as like, dude, why do you waste time with that crap? Just well, just well, better. Uh, and I I get it. I hear it. And sometimes I'm like that too. You like new cars, so tell me, Ferrari. What I like technology. I like uh, I like evolution. I'm uh, I'm a big uh, fan of uh, ready EV cars. Uh-huh. Um, oh my God. Uh, yeah, yeah, big, big fan. And, and then I'll tell you why, if you want, also for for, for driving. Uh, the reason is because it it uh, eliminates a lot of compromises, but we can talk about this. Uh, okay. I, I don't want to talk about EV. Otherwise, in Norway, actually, maybe we could become the number one podcast in Norway because Scandinavia is big. In well, it's the, the big, but I, I, don't, I don't support EVs while I see the benefit of it for environmental reasons uh not uh, for, uh, for me they're just uh, they're just so much more advanced as a if you if you analyze a tool if today you ask two people okay build me a car that needs to do what a car does and one shows up with a uh ice i mean with a combustion engine vehicle and one shows up with an electric vehicle it will be 10 to 0 in terms of a score who did the better job Period. It just performs yeah. better under know, all circumstances. I know. I know, but I have an image of anti-EV that I need to preserve. So I will never admit that EVs are, are fun. There is, I like the Taycan uh, Cross Turismo. I like that one, the aesthetics. If it came with a V8 twin turbo, I would like it. Anyway, um, uh, as, um, uh, uh, 296. So you said you like it. Uh, it's fast. Is it faster than an SF90? Is it is it like your top Ferrari product of today? Uh, I'm sorry, but I did not uh, drive an SF90. Oh, sorry, I know the podcast is over. Uh, I know, sorry, I'm not qualified to to participate. But out of all the Ferraris lineup, yeah, no, big big jump forward. I I heard that it's uh it's uh, faster from friends that I know that uh, used both, uh, but yeah, it's it's an amazing car. Two nine six is incredibly fast, incredibly fast. Eight twelve or two nine six. Sorry, eight twelve or two nine six. The two nine six. Really, twelve yeah. cylinder, naturally aspirated, a million horsepower, nine thousand RPMs, and you go for I, the hybrid. I mean, I'm telling, I'm telling you the from the performance standpoint, not which one I like better, which one I would buy. I would, I would drive uh, more twelve cylinder on on the street. Uh-huh. But, but again. I need to preserve the image that you presented me with. If I, when I had the uh, five nine nine, I'd rather a Uber than drive that thing on the street. I mean, it's you don't you uh, didn't like the five nine nine. No, I don't like sports car on on the street. I, ah, on I the street. I'm, I'm that bad. I'm. I mean, I I, I want to drive a comfortable car. That's 
uh, on the street. What is your daily driver? Since uh, a few days, uh, a Range Rover. Okay. Yeah. That's the yeah. anti-sport car. Yeah. And, I'm, and I actually just ordered smaller wheels because the comfort level, I, I want a higher sidewall so you that want- it covers potholes in a more comfortable way. That's how bad I am. I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of, of uh, chunky sidewalls. Uh, okay, so 296, great car. Um, can you tell me a little bit your thoughts around McLaren products? Because I have an opinion, and I think they are, the design is beautiful. I lost count of the names. Like, I really don't understand the name, but that's because... Yeah, 72750, then they did the Artura. Uh, I am, with, I am out. I'm out of range. I'm not their customer, yeah. right? So I just see them. I think they punch way above their weight in the price range where they are. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you like them? Are they fun to drive? Look, and, and let me go back. I, I, it's interesting to include Ferrari in this conversation. I would really like to put Ferrari, McLaren, and Porsche and give some what, what yeah. I want to give my thoughts. These are my thoughts at the end of the day. Uh, the Ferrari guys are amazing. They, they know how to build cars. Uh, and we could throw Lamborghini in the mix, actually, because uh-huh. those are the four, the four, four names. Yep. Uh, Ferrari built great cars. The people that build cars really know how to set up a car. They've got great engineering. And then they've got the Fiat quality. Uh, so it's uh, it's a car that I think survived Steel? because Steel is is this is not a, like a a legend that because my 360 I agree it it has the keychain that sorry the the many details of my old girlfriend Fiat Punto 1.2 liter right from 1990 yeah still still the plastic that uh, yeah. the, the the things that uh, peel off and I mean 296 is now in the shop but uh, and and the, the the F8, uh, we, we, we just had a problem with the seat adjustment. Those things that in a, in a, in a German car or Japanese car would never happen. So shitty quality components. I, I really, I always envision the guys that, you know, they, they build, design the car, they bring it to production. Okay. The guys do, do the analysis and say, perfect. This new 488 F8, uh, the way you want to build it's going to cost, uh, a million dollar for for the final user. Okay, you need to build it so it costs three fifty, <laughs> and that's how a Ferrari gets is born. Call, that's call Turin, uh, uh, Torino, and uh, call the Lingotto and see which parts do they have available. Yeah, yeah, but and in general, I mean, it's a it's a wrong Italian culture of how they build cars. They are beautiful, they great projects, uh, but they don't invest in the in the quality components as as unfortunately. Uh, and I say that because obviously I'm not uh, Japanese or German, but uh, a lot of respect on how they approach things. Now yeah. you have McLaren, which are not that much different than, uh, than I mean, like cousins, our cousins, Italian and, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. English people. I love the project. The McLaren, if you, if you look at the 570, the 720, you have a monocoque carbon fiber. So in terms of uh, value for money, in terms of project, it's it's incredible. I think it's the highest one that you can have. If you look at the single components, take the brakes, for example, most of the time, uh, let's say that these are outsourced, right? Let's say Brembo yeah. produces them or AP. I'm just making a, a general yeah, yeah. reasoning here. They are uh, higher level than what Ferrari chooses. 
Okay. So I, the, higher specifications. Higher and, specifications. They invest a lot in, in and, and they try to be super. In, when the 720 came out, it made all the other cars look old, honestly, like it or not. But mm-hmm. it, you know, when a car comes out and it really, it's kind of it a really great defines. Mm-hmm. And, and it was with these shapes, uh, and again, the, the door, the way they open, and again, carbon fiber monocoque, that's hyper hypercar stuff, right? So great uh, project, but it, same as same as Fry, big, big problems, even bigger because in the, in their in the McLaren instance also affects the mechanics a lot. I mean, Fry as well with the dual clutch gearbox and so on. But um, yeah, a lot, a lot of reliability issues. Huh. And a few major ability. Is it uh, um, the how can I say like the common thought of British electronics that go to shit after everything? No, yeah? everything or everything, everything. everything. Even engine, the engine, the gearbox, the catalyzer. You call it like that. The yes, the climate control controller. And when it, something turns on, I mean, they, they had big issues with the Arctura, which they. Uh, being a, being an hybrid to the point that yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, yes, big, and here I'm glad you really didn't. <laughs> I, I don't have to. Look, uh, it's but it's a big gonna, problem. We're going to put your address in the comments. In the comments, my email. McLaren can come to you. You you drove these cars on the track, right? So Yes, and and also, honestly, also on the street, I got a McLaren. I, they gave me for a street, and take to the dealership because the front raising system malfunctioning. So there's only so much you can go through. And then there's a few major issues. For example, seven, you, you produce a car that's uh, whatever, 600 horsepower of, uh, or actually 700, but I, I don't know. And it doesn't have a, a mechanical rear diff uh, um, in, in the back. Well, and it uses well, well the- yes, yes, yes. Sorry, you got me excited about that because... I was looking at the MP4-12, yeah. uh, right? Which I think when he came out, that car was like, wow, amazing, yeah. incredible, right? Um, and I love the design. I love the look. Uh, and then I read about it and I find out that it doesn't have a rear limited uh, zip differential. Yeah. And, and it the brakes, which yeah. is the, the, the most awful thing. I My mean, Honda Accord you, used to use the brakes uh, as, a, as a traction control system. So Yeah, but, and that's fine. And, and if you put it on a Jeep, uh, instead of having a mechanical um, lock diff uh, at uh, five miles an hour to climb, it's a smart way of using the technology, but not in a, in a sports car where you basically produce power and then you use another something else to that, that disperse that power that needs to block uh, the wheel that's spinning. And as a driver, it's, it's really a bad no, feeling. It's frustrating. It's the worst. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like the, the first time I found out that my Exige didn't have a, I was in the Como heels and I found out that it yeah. didn't have a limited slip. No, yeah. I mean, it's, it, I think it's the most uh, for an Italian, uh, who likes cars to know that your car doesn't have the rear diff is like if they, they told you that your dog got <laughs> humped by five other dogs at the dog park. I mean, it's just uh, the honor, uh, the honor I, just fell. Okay. I um, believe, yeah. Would you rank, would, Italian, no. it's, it's a big downside. Yes. But would big. you rank, would you rank higher McLaren or Ferrari? I know you're saying I, different compromises, but just you gotta. Push I, I don't. I down. don't think there is a there is an answer to that because every model is different. But just that single thing, it's a. Then they've got air suspension. 
it's great. I love the idea. I love the concept. It's, it's a smooth ride if you want. And, but honestly, the way it's set up, it, it filters a lot the road, um, f- for the driver. Like when you push it at the limit, it, it reduces a little bit of the feeling. Um, and so at the end, I don't like it. And then when they need to go racing, um, yeah, they, of course, they put in the proper diff uh, and they remove uh, the air the, suspension. Yeah, the electronics. One second, because let's take a, a brief pause. We have our second sponsor. This episode of the King Metzger podcast is sponsored by every single detailing company on Instagram. Do you want to keep your car looking fresh to impress people you don't care about? Well, our products are great for you. They are freshly repackaged right here in the United States and we'll send them out for a very low price, multiplied by three. See, when you use other products, they leave streaks and marks and they're not as clean as you want it to be. With our products, they do the exact same thing. And we're back. Uh, we were talking about McLaren's. Um, I, I think may I say something, and I wanted to finish because yeah, yeah, do you mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way I describe it to, in a simple way, is that McLaren has better ingredients and a more inexperienced chef. Ferrari is the opposite. The guys are much more skilled, but they play with ingredients, meaning the components of the vehicle that are not as sophisticated. In this, you have then. I mean, can I bring in Porsche and Lamborghini real quick? Or you want please to say do. something? Please do. No, no. Here, yeah. this is this is your territory. I mean, I own only old shit. So you, you, <laughs> you don't. You stuff. don't. But you've got Porsche, which, uh, or Porsche, well, maybe, um, that, in my opinion, is one of the greatest car manufacturers uh, in the world. Do you like what? Porsche? Do you like GT3s? <laughs> no, that was my captatio benevolentia uh, to the people before saying what I'm for, the, the, talking about the Porsche course. You have the word course, yes? Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Course. Which is which is its customers? Um, ah, if, uh, Porsche people. Uh, Porsche people. I hate them. Porsche Porsche people that uh, uh, you know Porsche still uh, dealing with the wrong concept of having the engine in the wrong place. And uh, and nobody can ever say otherwise when they but, need to go race. Every but every year, every edition, of course, a little bit, just, of just course. a little bit, right? Yeah, and then it's gonna become in 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 in, <laughs> uh, in twenty eighty. It's gonna be front wheel drive. Uh, well, you you got the Taycan now. You you solve the problem. But hey, it's it's a wrong concept, uh, proven wrong many times. But the Porsche guy is used to that. And so Porsche needs to, they tried with the 928, I guess. Uh, At yeah. some point, they understood that was the limit, okay, in size of engine, in cylinders, and so on. The Porsche did some amazing V10s, as you know. I mean, you know you know everything about this. Oh, you yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, more I, than I, I, do. I love my car. And I think the 996 GT3, without having nannies, is the one that really requires you to drive a car like a Porsche. And I think you have Porsche drivers, and then other OEM drivers in the sense that people that just know how to drive that configuration. Uh, and then, yeah, but look, let's, let's say something about drivers. A professional driver is someone who knows how to bring a car at the limit period. At le- let me say within a second of lap time of which, whichever track you pick. So if you are a professional and, when you when you judge a car, you need to be in that. In my opinion, I mean, you can say whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. people pe- people like manual gearboxes, 
the gearbox itself is a mistake of mechanics, something that interrupts the the, the propulsion. They, it was the only way to go about it. And it, some, some people tell me, oh, I do like to shift. Well, fine, you can put holes on the ground, you can put cones <laughs> that you need to avoid. There's nothing to do with driving, shifting. You like to downshift, you like to do tow hill. I'm okay, I'm fine. You should you should have fun. You want to have fun. We should talk, that you, you take a go-kart, possibly not even with gears, 100cc. The Senna, when he was asked that, it was the purest and, and form of, of racing that, that this guy was Ayrton Senna after free world championship. So <clears throat> I'm just saying, you want to have fun, pick whatever makes you happy. As a driver, I tell you that the car needs to be balanced to be uh-huh. an enjoyable car to drive. And and I say balance, and, and I think a lot of people that's going to hear us, hopefully plenty, are going to say, oh, sure, balance. A lot of drivers say, how was the car? Yeah, it was bad. You know, we weren't, no, balance was so, not so good. We didn't do. Let, let me ask you, Andrea, let me challenge you. What, what is a balanced car? How would you define it? How would you describe it? Uh, because of my I, IQ is room temperature, I could tell you it's 50-50. Uh, I think if I if I want to raise the temperature of the room, I would tell you a balanced car is a car that allows me to go fast in different situations. Um, that so whether I am defending someone from passing me, whether I'm on the wet, whether I am, it's a car that I predictably know how it will behave. I like the predictability, the predictable the word that you use. Let, let me try to give you my definition of a balanced car. Please. It's a, it's a, in my opinion, it's a car that responds in a predictable way to the inputs of the driver. That's a balanced car. So if I ask the car to do something, it responds in a way that I expect it to be. So, and it steering, braking, accelerating, right? That's a fun car to drive. It doesn't surprise me. That's why as a driver, me personally, I like rear wheel drive cars or front wheel drive cars. And I don't like, Sometimes, most of the all-wheel drive cars, because they never, sometimes, not never, but sometimes in the same turn, the car can understeer or oversteer in a way that you're not really expecting. It's just how the mechanics works, how they improve. Some were great, but I know that with a rear-wheel drive, if I accelerate, I know which wheels are going to be under stress and what the car is going to do. So are you telling me that GT3s and Porsche products are unpredictable? No, no, no. The newest cars are amazing. Like I said, Porsche is an incredible manufacturer. And thanks God, they are prevented from doing what, how the cars that they would like to build because it'd be game over for everybody else. Yeah. And in my opinion, this leaves a, I, I really think it. I mean, um, if uh, a lot of people say, oh, the Cayman, Cayman drives so well. But yeah, 911. The Porsche cannot make a Cayman that's too powerful. It would completely jeopardize the 911. And, and they don't even understand it's because of the mid-engine. It's like <clears throat> with uh, gearboxes you were talking. Remember in the 90s, whenever it was, the Smart came out in Europe. Oh, right? the Smart car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smart, there is right? that Between one year and the other, I usually go to the library, read a couple of chapters, and then go back in the car. But, I mean, the uh, gearbox in that car was like, um... And then you waited. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I had a, I remember a lot of people telling me, and I'm talking when I say people, saying, uh, no disrespect, but women that really see the car that they, there's less 
you know, uh, crazy yeah, about cars then. Or yeah, true. Uh, lo- lo- lot of people, my, my mom, and saying, oh, the, dry, the smart drives so well, so nice. <laughs> and nobody realized that, that it was because it had an automatic gearbox. It doesn't matter. They, they didn't realize they didn't connect, it. Was, we didn't make the, the, the link. Yeah, so or, or maybe that he didn't have the clutch. That, let so, me say that, right? And what, what's the clutch? I mean, think about it. People say, do you want to go to the gym to pump your left leg? What, what, so it's, you it's, are against, you're against manual gearbox for like optimization of the driving because I, I, they interrupt the flow. But hold on, because we're talking about Porsche. Uh, We're talking about GT3s, GT2s. I, I, I don't understand if you like them or not. Um, when you talk about gearboxes, I do think that the PDK, it is an incredible gearbox. Uh, not that I've tried the, the, the recent Ferrari ones or, or whatnot, but I thought the PDK is, is fantastic. Do you like Porsches? Do you like PDKs? Do Look, you- I do like Porsches, yes. Um, I, Are they like reliable? I said. I don't like the position of the engine. It breaks great. I, I'm not in love, like I, like you said. Uh, and like, I mean, the, the position is moving slightly forward. Now, right. in GT2 uh, regulations, they could. it was a mid-engine because they could. Basically, right. And uh, so, uh, again, they've done an amazing job, but it still remains a Porsche that gives you that little jiggly mo- motion of the steering wheel out from the mid-turn. And it's not the cleanest way of driving. A, a mid-engine is always going to be superior. So I cannot like it as much as I would like. And then it's also the other problem is the shape. You go into a car that's that has a really outdated shape, uh-huh. beautiful. Uh, and I know I'm going to get a lot of... Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm used to, oh, I'm used to the reactions. But it's like the 911 needs to be recognizable. They're doing an amazing job at doing that. But that prevents them. You're still in a car that when you close the door, it's tiny. The, the instruments, the new, the new 992, and I have the, the, the Carrier S, uh, the, the GT3. You, you don't see half of the panel of the cockpit because how it's designed. If you open the window, if you think uh, it looks like there is a, a thunderstorm outside because of how the wind comes in because of the shape, but they cannot change it. I yeah, mean, they can. Well, they have. They, they. That's how they make money. I mean, that's that. Hundred percent. Do you think? Do you? We, at the beginning of this podcast, we were talking about how uh, certain cars are born out of st- street car or, or more simple cars, right? I have a Mitsubishi Lancer Evolution Five, which is, I mean, it's it the Lancer base one point five liter automatic, and they just put two hundred. 80 horsepower engine, right? But it, the essence, it's a it's a econo box, right? Do you feel the 911 suffers that? I mean, I think it's impressive that they stretch the lineage to levels of prices. Like there, there, there could be a $400,000 difference between the base 911 and the top 911 trim. GT2 that RS, 992, yeah. Right. So do you feel that because at the essence, they still need to make those 911 that are Carrera based that they cannot feel special like the other manufacturers? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think that's the case. I'm, I'm as impressed as you are. Uh, what, 70 years or what, what, yeah, I don't want to say 60 or four, whatever it is, a model that has maybe there's more 
Porsche has four models with 90 versions, really. Uh, of course, they sur- we all know they survive with the, the SUVs, but it's great that the 911 exists. I cannot like it as much as I would because of the reasons that I said. Yeah. They, it, it, they could not innovate as much as I would have liked them doing because I, I believe they would have done it better than anybody else. It's a bit like the Rolex of cars. The Submariner still needs to look like a Submariner. You cannot change it too much. Uh, and and you need to please your customers. And, and Ducati had to do the same with a two-cylinder bike. But then... But yeah, but then every what Aprilia did with the V4, and they're like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. But, but it's obvious. Know something. But talk so, with a Ducati guy, I mean, especially... 10, 15 years ago, he would tell you, no, the two cylinder, da, 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 and that's, it's wrong. I mean, you need to fraction to have less torque and more power in a bike. So it's, you, you, there's a lot, but people go and, and buy and spend money based on their preconceptions, based on what they like. And that's totally fine with me. One second, um, because I, I kind of agree with you on Porsche. And um, personally, I am not a huge fan of the new Porsches because of the Porsche image, actually. I think they're a fantastic car. Actually, this morning, I went in a 992 Carrera S um, of a friend of mine, tuned 600 horsepower, 650 foot-pound of torque. It revs above 7,000 RPM. That thing is a GTR Slayer, okay? And amazing car. I is just... I would never spend that amount of money on, on a car like that because because I like old shit. I think it's a curse. That's that's what it is. I'm a, ch- I'm a cheap guy and, and this is a curse. Um, in conclusion, I wanted to talk about a brand uh, because how many miles do you put on these GT3s a year or 296? Uh, every car is on history, but I mean, we've got cars that are, I mean, I sold a Huracan with uh, 45,000 miles. 45,000 miles. miles mostly, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, which leads us to the fourth brand uh, that we were talking about, which is our uh, Germans that have taste in choosing shoes. No offense to my German listener, uh, but Lamborghini, right? They they make beautiful cars. Just yesterday, I was uh, in my 360, and uh, a beautiful black Huracan is following me and gave me thumbs up. My God, that thing is gorgeous. Are they good to drive? Are they? Are I think Justin uh, Bieber's uh, of the yeah. world. Look, I think Lamborghini these days comes out as the winner, in my opinion. And then, uh, first of all, let me say something, and because that's very important, you need to like the car that you drive. And and nobody can tell you it's like wine. I, I'm no, not a wine. Nobody can take that away once you I, like it. That's it. And, I, and I'm you totally fine. With it. It. And super respectful of that. You should, at the end of the day, there's not a better car. It pisses me off when a car is unreliable. Some people want to, uh, to have a stick shift. I'm fine. I, I mean, it's not, it's not a mistake. It's great. Some people want the car that, uh, I don't know, burns more fuel. Has, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, you can choose what you want and be happy. But, and that's why I don't judge, sorry, about the, the style, the image. I, I try not to. I mean, of course, I got my yeah, opinion. It's, but it's objective. It's objective th- in the end. So I think it's pointless. Thinking, I think you're, you're, you're similar to Stefan. Like, you want a car that drives well, and it's fun to drive, and it goes fast, and it, it doesn't break down. Are you saying 
this is Lamborghini in 2023. I'm, I'm just saying, talking about supercars, I want a car that's comfortable, safe, uh, highest safety standards, as much as self-driving as possible to drive on the street. But because and I've got... talking to someone that buys cars that are 25 years old. And that's I'm like, fine, uh, but, but because I'm lucky like because... I feel like... It's, uh, it's 20 years that I spent time on, on a racetrack and I have, I have unlimited access now. So it's normal, right? Since I started racing, I wanted a car that was, I loved my SL Mercedes with the hard top and I was going to race and then going to, I was young back then. The S class <laughs> would have been too. <laughs> so the SL looked good enough. But when I'm going back to Lamborghini, uh, amazing cars, the, like you said, the German cousins had the, the intelligence of respecting the, the, I guess, the history, the vision, the sometimes uh, innovation that, uh, if, that Italy brought uh, to the car industry, but they brought in the quality. Uh, mm-hmm. I was uh, speaking with Maurizio Reggiani, uh, technical director of Lamborghini for, I think, uh, 27 years, I want to say, that okay. retired last year. And so the father of uh, so many successful cars. And he was telling me how he convinced, uh, he, he went to Germany and convinced the heads of Volkswagen, really, th- that the, the newest, uh, what was back the Aventador, now the Revuelto, should have been a 12-cylinder in times mm-hmm. of regulation, turbocharged engine, and so on. Mm-hmm. And that's great. There might be a more efficient, more efficient engine and so on. But the, And they understood the idea besides Middle East, what they need in terms of cars, flames coming out of the exhaust. But uh, I'm just saying I like that I like, I'm tacky. So I, I, I definitely like that. It's, it's the emotion. So right now, Lamborghini, take the Huracan. Like I said, 45,000 miles on track. The car was as good as the NSX, which is the... the, the to- NSX, total- you, like, you like the NSX, right? I, 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 it's just the car is perfect. It doesn't matter if I like it. For me, it's a little bit too, it's so perfect that on the track it's too, it's a little boring because it does everything so well. And it came out a little late in terms of style, in my opinion. Typical Japanese, they want to make it so perfect and, and they waited and waited that by the time it came to the market, it was maybe three, four years late, I guess, yeah. or in terms of the style. The price tag that at the time it was, yeah. Yeah. yeah but, but the car is, perfect and uh, it, it never had one single issue on the racetrack and you talked about porsche well we had to replace the engine of the gt2 rs because you know now know that the pdk gearbox you talked about it counts how many times you over rev and uh, do you know that that I it does that? that yeah i mean my, my a- car my car does have a, a a memory that tells you how many over revs you do right and it tells you how many times you hit the rev limiter and yeah. how many times you go above the rev limiter? Yeah, but we're talking about a PDK. How how the hell can I go above the rev limiter? First of all, if it's a rev limiter, how can I go above the rev limiter with the PDK? With the PDK, a PDK, I don't know. With my car, <laughs> it, uh, which is well, built for real men that are strong and they are very per- their performance is amazing in bed because they drive manual <laughs> cars. They like, used to have a big stick in their hand. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you downshift, uh, that, yeah. But with a PDK, it's it's weird. But anyways, you had to replace the gearbox. Yeah, uh, the engine, and it and was not engine. under warranty because of the um, of, of the over revs. Over revs, and and I I questioned them and I said, well, not really over revs. The high 
uh, rev downshiftings. I give you the, you should, you should dig into this with some people that has more competence than me and see if what I'm telling you is actually real, because that's the story that, that I've been told from the dealer. I will, um, I will ask, uh, I will ask, uh, we have some followers. I have some followers that have a, they, they own GT2. So, so I, will and, and it was like a, whatever, 48, well, f- probably $50,000. Um, yeah, engine, of course, but that's normal. People. It's like those engines cost that much, but I'm just saying Ferrari always got away with the fact that their owners do 2,000 miles a year, and mm-hmm. that's how Ferrari survived through the years. Because but Lamborghini, but Lamborghini is delivering. Is Lamborghini, Lamborghini is great. Is is really great. And then, like it or not, a lot of people think it's too flashy. It's obviously not a car that's good. Look, I like the 911. Every time I see the 911, it's the car that I would love to have as a daily driver. Yeah, same as the G Class. And my brother has a G Class. When I go back home he borrows me a g-class for a week and then for another year i don't want to drive a g-class anymore i see (laughs) you like it's like when i go back home in italy i remember why i left italy uh uh, to to come to to the u.s um so in um in in your opinion lamborghini out of the four is the one that provides the most balanced car the most reliable cars the fun to drive cars. I, I think uh, they are again. You've got all-wheel drive Lamborghinis that drive pretty well. They're very much yeah. towards the rear. I, of course, I would prefer rear-wheel drive. Of even course. Audi, uh, even Audi, the R8, they did a rear-wheel drive. Can you believe that? I mean, quattro, quattro, quattro for uh, the quattro, due, two, due. Four, the real good four, one is real. Yeah, I remember Adriana Lima commercial from Team Quattro Quattro Quattro, and then they went to the two, uh, which I mean, the Audi is a Lamborghini, no? Yeah, or the Lamborghini is based on the Lamborghini. With, but, uh, I, I mean, I'd like. I mean, with your, all your Norwegian and Swedish followers, the the Quattro thing from Audi has been such a commercial thing in the in the nineties when we were young. When we started to drive, I am still young, by the way. I don't know. About we, we were, yeah, we, but Mentally, we were young back then. Too. We were young as well. <laughs> no, but think about it. The commer- people with SUVs. I mean, you know where we come from. Those roads with a lot of turns and up and down hill, Serraval, and so on. Yeah, a little bit of snow, you would start to see all the Q7s and X5s against the wall because they've they've been told that they had a, an all wheel drive and they thought they could. That was fast. I mean, but commercially, it was such a a powerful message. And all of a sudden, if you didn't have, it was like the 3D TVs that if you didn't have glasses, you could not watch a movie. Oh, I remember those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I remember those. Uh, Again, I'm I'm just saying, I think Lamborghini in certain aspects, I, I like the fact that's reliable. I like the fact that it has an identity, like it or not. Yeah, you cannot go to a funeral yeah. with a Lamborghini. You cannot show up. Uh, somebody died. You have to go to the church and you show up with an STO. No, not the right car. Not for every day. But it's uh, it's has an incredible V10, which gives goosebumps, revs super Beautiful. high. That if you want to talk about emotions, and it's and it's reliable, which is a which is a big thing in my opinion. Yes. Well. Uh... Thank you, my friend. Um, you slayed a couple of, of, of supercars. You slayed quite a bit the 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 911, uh, which I know <laughs> you like, but 
you know, you have some, uh, we say in Italian, pebbles in your shoes that you have to take uh, out. Um, is there a product, in your opinion, that is worth uh, or that you're excited about that is about to come out, um, you know, or you just follow whatever Porsche, Ferrari, Lamborghini, um, uh, they uh, I'm, I'm going to say something that you don't like. So, but since you asked me <coughs> the question, no, because I think okay. uh, we talked about compromise, right? A lot. <clears throat> the old M3, when it came out, they had to modify a free series. Remember, they actually tilted the, 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 yeah, the, just, right. Because they had to do it for racing. And I, I'm a lot. I think, like I said, you got cars and, and then for me, racing is a big thing. I, I'd rather drive a car that I don't like, but race it against somebody else. That's why I like racing. That, that's a conversation about rally. We're going to have it on the phone. It gets too long. <laughs> <clears throat> but I'm excited about, believe it or not, TV cars. And the reason is that that technology allows us to reduce the amount of compromises big time. Let me explain 30 seconds. Before yeah. you had the Phantom, where you put the coin and it stays with the 12-cylinder, no vibration. Yes. And then you had the F40. And now you have the Rimac. That's as qui- quieter than the Phantom has yeah. less vibration than a Phantom and is faster than, than, than an F40, 50, FX6, yeah. whatever. Everything. And, and if you, you know what, it be, it's interesting if you go and see people that uh, play or actually work with their RC models, electric, how much they're tuning the cars. I mean, now with electronics, you can change the response. You can have a car that, you know, the, the, and not only the gas, the, not only the steering, even the brakes. So I think we, if, if we embrace the new technology, we might end up in an era where we can have a car that we can use every day, ideally with adjustable sus- suspension that can deliver on a daily basis what they need to do, move from A to B in a quiet way and safe, but also transform themselves. Take the Kia, how is it called? The EV6 uh, GT, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. I haven't driven it. Uh, I, I had an, an, an e-tron for a long time, and I, that's that's pretty boring on the track. But to see that some manufacturers are playing with EVs and introducing the fun part, it's it's the hope that you should really oh, hang totally, on. Totally, totally. I, I fully I fully agree with this, and that's the direction that we're going. Right? Is um, I am like the 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 older guy that is taken to a party where he doesn't want to go because he wants to stay home and, and, and do his things. Right. I know we're going to that party, which is going to be EV. We need companies that invest in the fun. Uh, I think, I think, it, I don't know if it's the EV six or what else that has a fake gearbox. There's just, uh, 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 yeah, possibly. Hyundai, yeah. Right. That yeah. has a fake gearbox. I mean, they're just trying shit or fake noise. That's Fake fine. Noise. People like it. I'm okay. That's a, yeah, but that's my problem, right? I, when I turn on the Evo, uh, my, my last revolution five. Okay. Beside the noises of the turbo, which that's my biggest problem is that is the, the EVs don't make a noise and they make that like, ooh, futuristic sound that fuck, mm. like screw it. Right. And I then, took away the, the speaker from my Audi. Yeah. There you go. I don't <laughs> like that. But then there is the smell. I mean, the Evo is just a straight three-inch pipe all the way to the back, and you smell. You get high if you if you if the traffic light is longer than thirty seconds, uh, and that's what EVs will not replace. But it's also a generational thing. 
So I think that I am, I was raised with the 50 cc, uh, mopeds, right? That we would tune to 80 cc's and mix the oil with the gas, right? And try to be lean, hoping not to break, uh, the engine, you know? But in the end, I'm going to die. My daughter, yeah, she lived some of the combustion era, right? And then her kids, they wouldn't have any idea what are these like. But, you know, and uh, that I don't know. And uh, let me just say this. Um, uh, you don't use your mopad to go to work now, but you liked it. Um, I a, a few years ago, I, I bought a dirt bike just because it was COVID. I was bored, nothing to do. I put it in the trunk of my Raptor, which you probably you'd, you'd enjoy, big one. Um I and go, go in the dunes and have fun. Not a great rider, but, and I bought a two stroke because I want the smell. I want to go back smelling but that. Yeah, but you're going to die, not of the motorcycles, but if, as a person, you're going to age and die. Hold on, that you, I need you, to just touch. Yeah, thank you. Touch, no, touch your balls, uh, which is an Italian way to, to you know, wish you good luck. Uh, but that's, that's what, what I'm saying is that I agree, me and you, that's what we look for. Right. No, right no. But what I was see. trying to say is that my daughter, uh, unfortunately, does horseback riding, uh-huh. um, and uh, I had to learn a lot about the sport, if you want to call it sport. But that's another. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when the athlete is the anyway, she she doesn't go to school on her horse, but she does horseback riding. And there's still t- tiny sailboats that do steel regatta. But uh, you, you have the, the motorboats. What, what I'm trying to say is I believe the sport is going to survive. It needs to survive. To this day, we have two-stroke go-karts. And it, we need to make survive the fun of driving. That's mm-hmm. important. And that's yeah, going to stay. Driving. But it's the separation between sport and daily usage, that's going to get deeper. But mm-hmm. And that's why, as a, as a race car driver, I, I think that the sport is important. But the sport is competing. It's competing on a human level. The car, at some point, becomes it doesn't become the main subject. It's a tool. It's like if we talk about tennis and we talk about a racket, carbon fiber with little titanium strings. <laughs> and, and, I mean, yeah. come on. Let's play tennis, right? Let's watch good tennis. It's two people or five or ten or twenty having fun doing something that they love and competing. I think that's what needs to survive. And that's what, unfortunately, my sport is something that's very difficult to access. That's what I always hated about motorsport. Because if people would have the fortune that I had racing, they wouldn't care so much about the product itself, but they would just, like when you go, and I know you go to a lot of tracks, at that point, for a minute, you don't think about the car that you're driving. You're just thinking about the fun that you're having. Man, uh, I love this. I think it's a worthy way of, of closing it. I am always a, 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 a proposed, uh, no, I always bring up occasions to drive, right? And uh, the problem is that we spend more time in front of the computer than in front of a steering wheel, right? And then, so we have excess money and we l- look at cars that are better than this and maybe I should get that. I love what you say. Just get behind the wheel and drive. Um Similarly to what you're saying, today I got a message who said, I have a GT3. I would like a Ferrari 360. Do you think they're good for the track? No, I have a GT4 and I want a 360 and I want to go to the track. And my response is, if you really like to go to the track, you get a Miata, you get a GT86, and you just spend money on tires and fuels and track days. And you try to find ways to compete. Um, 
because in the end, that's, as you say, when you're driving, really driving, it's fun regardless. regardless it's a of lot that. of fun. That's it, the beauty of motorcycles. It's a little bit more accessible. Yeah, to, I love motorcycles. I miss my bike. Yeah. Um, on that note, uh, dear uh, Supercar Slayer, it has been a pleasure. <laughs> um, thank you for, for joining us. Uh, hopefully, we will have you uh, once again in, in one of our future podcasts. And please do continue to have an opinion because uh, that's what we need nowadays. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, bye-bye.